You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Providing universal health care may be less costly than previously thought. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. J. Michael McWilliams. Dr. McWilliams from Harvard Medical School and Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, is the lead author of the study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, discussing what happens when uninsured Americans reach 65 and gain access to Medicare. Dr. McWilliams, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thanks very much, Susan. What led to your interest and involvement in this study? Well, as a practicing general internist myself, I I care for a very disadvantaged patient population, and many of my patients have chronic diseases or complex medical conditions. So this has led to my interest in health disparities research in general. And in particular, our research team found in earlier work that older uninsured adults, those in their late 50s and early 60s, may be especially vulnerable to the consequences of lacking health insurance. In these prior studies, we found uninsured near-elderly adults had higher mortality rates and received far fewer important clinical services, such as cholesterol testing or mammography, than insured adults in the same age group. The higher mortality rates were concentrated among uninsured adults with chronic conditions, such as hypertension, diabetes, and heart disease. And how did this study come about? This study was an extension of numerous prior studies that suggest that being uninsured is harmful to one's health. Our study question was was essentially this. If many Americans enter the Medicare program at age 65 in worse health because they have been uninsured, do they then require more services and costlier care than if they had been insured? If so, then expanding coverage to uninsured adults before age 65 makes even more sense. And what did the study conclude? We found that adults who were uninsured before gaining Medicare were more likely to experience health declines before the age of 65 and had persistently greater health care needs after 65. They required more frequent hospital admissions and doctor visits, and also reported greater total medical costs after the age of 65 than adults who were previously insured. So this suggests that providing health insurance coverage for these older uninsured adults may not only improve their health outcomes, but also reduce their annual health care use after age 65. These benefits are likely to be substantial and may partially offset the cost of expanding coverage. Describe the population involved in the study. In other words, how many insured versus uninsured, the ages? Sure. So we use data from the Health and Retirement Study, which is a nationally representative longitudinal study of close to 10,000 adults, all of whom were in the age range of 51 to 61 years old when the study began in 1992 and have been surveyed every two years subsequently through 2004. We focused on just over 5,000 of these adults who were at least 65 by 2004 and therefore eligible for Medicare by the end of the study and who are either privately insured from age 58 to 64 or were uninsured at some point during these years before gaining Medicare benefits. And to give you the exact numbers, there were... 3,773 previously insured adults and 1,385 previously uninsured adults. And over 57% of the study cohort had one of these chronic conditions before age 65, hypertension, diabetes, stroke, or heart disease. 
We then followed these adults for up to seven years after age 65, at which point they gained Medicare coverage, and compared their self-reported use of health services and total medical expenditures between the previously insured and uninsured adults. How did you compare the groups of previously uninsured with the insured adults? Well, comparing the two groups posed a challenge because the participants were not randomized to be insured or uninsured. It wasn't a randomized control trial. So the uninsured adults differed from the insured adults in many ways that could have also affected their use of health care. For example, the previously uninsured adults had lower incomes, less education, and were less healthy on average at the start of the study. To address these differences, we used a statistical weighting technique to balance numerous characteristics between the two groups. In other words, uninsured adults who otherwise were very similar to insured adults were given a lot of weight in the analysis and vice versa. And we performed this adjustment at age 59 to 60, so the effects of uninsurance on health and healthcare needs could still unfold over the five to six years before Medicare coverage. And this allowed us to better attribute any differences in healthcare use after 65 to differences in insurance coverage before 65. Did you factor in supplemental insurance or prescription drug coverage? We did. We adjusted for both of those additional benefits after 65 to better tease out what part of the difference in use of health care was due to prior uninsurance. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. J. Michael McWilliams, lead author of the study published in the New England Journal of Medicine, discussing what happens when uninsured Americans reach 65 and gain access to Medicare. Dr. McWilliams, was the surge in the use of health care concentrated among people with particular diagnoses? It was indeed. The increases in hospitalizations and doctor visits after 65 that we observed were greatest among previously uninsured adults with high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, or stroke. From a clinical perspective, this makes a lot of sense because adults with cardiovascular disease are at greater risk of preventable complications if they do not receive regular care. In fact, this is the group for whom medical advances in recent decades have really had an impressive impact on health. And our study suggests that earlier access to such effective treatments could prevent costly complications for the uninsured and reduce their health care needs after 65. How long did the greater health needs for the previously uninsured people with chronic conditions persist? Well, that was another interesting finding. We did not just observe a transient spike in the use of services after 65, but rather persistence in greater use through at least age 72. That was the age through which we were able to follow the study group. This indicates that previously uninsured adults were not simply catching up on delayed care, but also experienced declines in their health that led to persistently greater health care needs. For example, poor control of blood pressure or blood glucose or high cholesterol could have caused acute complications like myocardial infarction or stroke, but also chronic ailments such as kidney disease and congestive heart failure, all of which would have increased the need for costly hospitalizations, ambulatory care, procedures, and medications. Did you quantify how many more doctor visits were made by this population, how many more hospitalizations? We did. The previously uninsured group reported 20% more hospitalizations and 13% more doctor visits, as well as 51% more total medical expenditures after age 65 than previously insured adults after making the adjustments that I mentioned. 
Can you extrapolate that to a particular cost? We were unable to do that. We analyzed only self-reported data from the survey, the health and retirement study. We do have plans to link these data with Medicare claims data to get a more refined estimate of these downstream cost offsets, but it's difficult to pin an exact dollar figure on, on our results. What do you know now because of the study that was not previously known? Much of the prior work on the uninsured focused on the potential health benefits of insurance coverage, which we believe would indeed be substantial for these near elderly uninsured adults and would be very valuable. Our study went a step further and suggests that expanding coverage to these older uninsured adults would not only benefit their health, but also be very cost effective because of subsequent reductions in their annual use of health care during their elderly years. What feedback have you received from maybe legislators, doctors, the public? Several newspapers and radio stations covered the results and the implications of the study and interestingly have gotten feedback from a couple patients, one of whom called us from Florida with a, a very descriptive story about her travails, lacking coverage and not having enough coverage in her late 50s and early 60s. She had diabetes. Other than that, I think it's a little too early to tell what kind of impact this might have on, on the policy agenda. What do you believe are the implications for the primary care physician working with disadvantaged populations? Well, as a primary care physician myself, I can tell you that treating these conditions, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, is really the bread and butter of any practicing primary care physician. And taking care of patients, particularly disadvantaged patients with these conditions, can be very rewarding because of the large benefits that therapies have, antihypertensives, insulin, cholesterol-lowering medications, smoking cessation, weight loss. All of these interventions can have a large impact on health and the life of these individuals. And our study, I guess, implies that our health system fails to provide adequate access to, to these millions of adults who could substantially benefit from the care of a primary care physician. Who funded the study? The study was funded by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality and also by the Commonwealth Fund. And what are you going to do with these research findings? Are you going to do more research? This is the first paper of several that we plan to conduct, or the first study of several that we plan to conduct using these data. And we have plans to also look at the impact of Medicare coverage on the health of previously uninsured adults, as well as looking exam, examining the claims data uh, that I mentioned before. What effect will earlier coverage have? According to our findings, earlier coverage would not only improve the health of previously uninsured adults or near-elderly uninsured adults, but would also lower their annual health care use after age 65. So while there would be both very beneficial health benefits, such a policy may not cost as much as we previously thought. Is there any current legislation pending to address the issues raised by the study? I believe the last bill introduced in Congress, which would allow uninsured near elderly adults to receive Medicare benefits, was the Medicare Early Access Act of 2005, which was introduced in the House by Congressman Pete Stark. I think it'll also be interesting to hear the reform proposals of candidates in the presidential primary races. Tell us about the Stark bill. It's a little bit difficult to summarize <laughs> succinctly. It's a very involved bill. And it would allow, and, and to tell you the truth, I, I can't tell you the specifics of the, the legislation because many presidential candidates have also introduced similar bills. The idea is essentially to allow 
Americans in their late 50s or early 60s either access directly to Medicare benefits or allow them to purchase Medicare benefits uh, with subsidies for those with low incomes. Tell us more about early access to Medicare policies. Well, there are many ways that one could expand coverage to the uninsured near elderly. For example, a Medicare buy-in option has been proposed by many presidential candidates in recent years and by high-ranking congressmen like Pete Stark, uh, as well as endorsed by large professional organizations such as the American College of Physicians. And a Medicare buy-in would allow adults to purchase Medicare coverage before 65 with subsidies for those with low incomes to make premiums affordable. As an alternative to public expansions, expanded private coverage could also be achieved through some combination of employer and individual mandates with premium support, again, for those with low incomes, somewhat similar to the Massachusetts health care reform. Dr. McWilliams, thank you for joining us today. Sure, thank you. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.